ocean All I know is the world looks beautiful The world looks so damn beautiful and I feel fantastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now I feel fantastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day Hello! Hello! Welcome to You Are Being Unreasonable, a podcast about people being unreasonable on mumsnet.com. They mentioned mumsnet on Kermode and Mayo this week in relation to that thread where the woman was getting all jizzy about Rocketman. The one where she said, if you're a menopausal old hound like me, the gay sex scene will put a boost in your fanjo. <laughs> That's the one. Which is enough to make me hope that I die before the menopause, really, because <laughs> I never want to reach a point in my life where that's a phrase that I think it's appropriate to use. Boost in the fanjo. It's disgusting. It's the most disgusting turn of phrase. So, in that film, uh, Richard Madden is playing the character of the manager, who's played in Bohemian Rhapsody by Aidan Gillen. Yeah. Off of Game of Thrones and The Wire. Do you think it would have put a boost in the fanjo if it were Aidan Gillen <laughs> doing doing the gay sex scene? <laughs> would he be doing his weird accent, which I thought was a character choice for Littlefinger, but I have now realised is just how he always sounds. It's just how he talks. Is he Irish? Don't know. We just don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody's ever heard him not doing that accent. Is that accent powerfully erotic? I don't think so. The best accent he does is in The Wire, where he's just putting on an American accent. And I just thought, yeah, that's his accent. Apparently not. Or if it is, <laughs> he's never used it again. <laughs> Always reinventing himself. Yeah, he's like David Bowie in that respect. Or Elton John. Yeah. Not a music podcast. No. This is a Mumsnet podcast, where we talk about Mumsnet. Am I being unreasonable to think Joe Brand should be allowed to joke about anything and everything? What did she joke about? Everything. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't understand, that's a very niche reference to the exact turn of phrase Gordon Brown used when asked what Gillian Duffy had been saying. Before he says she was just some bigoted woman, someone said, what did she talk about? And Gordon Brown said, everything. She explained everything. Now, to be fair, if you're going to say everything, like every single thing, some of the things will be bigotry. That just comes yeah. to the territory of saying everything. Yeah, if you're giving an exhaustive catalogue to a sitting Prime Minister of all things in the world, you're going to say some bigoted things, because bigotry is part of everything. Yeah. Yeah, there's an article on bigotry in Wikipedia. Wow. Maybe Gillian Duffy was reading that <laughs> to Gordon Brown all those years ago. Gordon <laughs> just clicking Br- random article and reading it to him. <laughs> Gordon Brown, unaccountably, the best Prime Minister of our lifetimes. Absolutely. Incredible scenes. Without, without fail. Wow. Am I being unreasonable? Am I taking this in the wrong way? Yeah, probably. Probably not just a bigoted woman, probably just reading from Wikipedia. <laughs> Am I being unreasonable? Daughter squirted a little juice over another buggy. Oh, when you said squirted, I did not know where that was no! going. No! Oh, you're being unreasonable. Fanjo. Oh. Am I being unreasonable? He shouldn't pay for your children. No, he shouldn't. Very Who? good. Gordon Brown? I don't know. Gordon Brown should not pay for your children. Okay. <laughs> As a rule. Well, yeah, it's not, it's not up to him. I don't want to lay into Gordon Brown. He is the best Prime Minister of our <laughs> lifetimes. But he shouldn't pay for our children. 
That's not laying into him. That's defending him from people saying he should be paying for yeah. our children. We I don't even have any children. I just want to be clear that I'm not damning with faint praise. Okay. I don't know how we got onto Gordon Brown. <laughs> Let's he do was a against thread. Scottish independence, which I'm for Scottish independence. Yeah, but saying someone was the best prime minister in our lifetimes doesn't mean we think they were a good prime minister. Like we all know the field they're competing in. Sometimes I wonder if this jokey podcast of ours is too political. But then we spend five minutes talking about Gordon Brown <laughs> and assessing his political career. And I think, nah. Just right. Yeah. I think we hit just the right tone. Just the right sweet spot. I think yeah. we should change it to comedy slash political in iTunes. Let's do a thread. Am I being unreasonable to be cross about visitors not liking my dog? I have a Labrador who is the daftest dog you'd ever meet. Due to my work, children and parents visit my house. They know I have a dog who is harmless, yet people still make comments like, why is he barking? And I don't like dogs and physically wincing if he comes near them. This is only on arrival and I put the dog in a different room for the duration of their visit. But I'm getting really tired of anti-dog people making comments. And someone even asked me to ensure the dog was locked in a different room on arrival. Given the fact that new people are informed I have a dog and he's playful and barks, I don't understand people's reactions. I understand not everyone likes dogs, but why can't people stop acting like snowflakes and move on? Am I being unreasonable to be totally fed up and only invite dog-friendly people to my house? Always great to end an argument by calling people who disagree with your snowflake. Absolutely. Always gets people on side. Uh, I think this dog sounds like he tries too hard. He sounds like a bit of a pain in the arse, doesn't he? The daftest dog you'll ever meet sounds like the person who shows up to the party and is purposefully wacky. Like he's wearing novelty glasses and he's trying to get a laugh out of people. He's trying to be a comedian. <laughs> this is a Michael Scott of dogs. It is the Michael Scott of dogs. The David Brent of dogs. It's just calm down, chill out. You don't have to be the comedian little dog. I also, like, sorry if I'm going to make the OP cross by saying this, but when some prick in the park has got a dog that jumps at me and starts barking, I don't find that cute, and it makes me jump, and then people are like, oh, he's a baby. I'm like, no, because no baby has ever leapt up to above my waist height and shouted in my face unexpectedly. <laughs> That's not what a baby does. <laughs> a baby is not stronger than I am, but some dogs are stronger than I am. So no, he's not a baby. You're deluded. <laughs> yeah, it's true. There's not a baby that's stronger than you are. Not even Benjamin Button, because Benjamin Button was an old man as a baby and quite frail. Yeah. You know, not an old man as a baby. An old man when he was... I haven't seen that film in ages. I don't know how it worked. I don't know how he got into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the dog sounds like he's turning up to the party and trying to be wacky and trying to be playful. And it's too much for some people. Some people just want calm. Some people want cats who are not daft. No. <laughs> the most serious cat you'll ever meet. I feel like I should warn people that about Ozzy. People come round expecting they'll get to play with a cat and Ozzy just stares at them and skulks off. <laughs> yeah, he's a serious boy. This is the least daft cat you'll ever meet. Yeah, the Werner Herzog of cats. He is the Werner Herzog of cats. It's very serious. Yes. Quite serious and aloof. Can we just look at another part of this as well? Due to my work, children and parents visit my house. And then she says later, oh, all these people are snowflakes, I'm only going to invite dog-friendly people. Well, won't that cost her work? 
So, like, she can do it. It's her home. Yeah. And that's perfectly reasonable. But if it's going to have a business impact, maybe just put your dog in another room. If it's fine for the dog to be in another room for the duration, why do you think the dog should come and greet them at the door? Yeah. Like, the job I assume this person has got is running a Build-A-Bear workshop from her home. Of course. <laughs> so, the parents come here, but if you're only bringing parents and children who can have a dog while they build a bear, you're going to really limit your Build-A-Bear potential. Yeah. You shouldn't have taken on the franchise. You shouldn't have done. Or you should have, at the very least, found a small outbuilding you could have used. <laughs> yes. The dog can have free run of the house and the children can come to this shack in the garden. <laughs> a small, non-powered outbuilding that you've turned into a workshop like in pioneer woman if you want people to like your dog the dog needs to put some effort in she needs to train her dog not to jump up at people and bark exactly because she might find that charming but it is quite overwhelming a labrador is not a small dog I, i find dogs quite overwhelming if they're little dogs fine whatever big dogs jumping up at me and barking oh no oh oh no you know what I've recently found quite good for chilling me out and calming me down? Diazepam? Diazepam. I think she should give the dog some prescription diazepam. How is she going to get... Go no. to the doctor and say your dog has flight anxiety. They'll get prescribed <laughs> diazepam. A few diazepam and you're, you're chill AF. Maybe. I was certainly chill AF when I had to take that flight earlier this week. Yeah, but... I'm not a dog. Yeah, and your default state isn't jumping at people and shouting in their face. Yeah, my default state Being the daftest Simon that there ever was. Is relatively chill AF until I need to take a flight. Yeah. Then I'm decidedly not chill AF, anxious AF. I understand that everyone likes dogs, but why can't people stop acting like snowflakes and move on? (laughs) I mean, mean, they're they're not the ones who posted on a message board. (laughs) You're the one who's posted on a message board. Maybe you should move on. And accept that some people won't like your dog. Like, some people won't like our cats, because they don't like cats, or they're allergic to cats. Yeah, it doesn't make me cross. And, you know, fine. They don't have to interact with them. Yeah. Let's hear from the thread. If parents and children are coming to your house, then I don't think they should have to deal with your dog. (laughs) I had a rapid change of friends once I got a dog. I'm sensitive to people not liking them, and it gets too much like hard work. People are still sniffy, however hard I try. Imagine cutting out all your friends because you've got a dog. Why don't you just train your dog? Yeah, seems a bit much. This is beyond me. I really want to know what her business is. I really want to know what her business is. Dog groomer. (laughs) Am I being unreasonable? Mysterious letter in Braille. No return address. I'm a bit confused face about this. A letter through the door, this AM, addressed to DH, and I with two copies of a letter inside, all in Braille. Neither DH or I are blind, or know anyone blind, and can't think of what it is. Return address is a PO box. Is this an edgier kind of glitter bombing? Have I somewhere ticked a box saying we're both blind? Anyone read Braille here? Picture attached. It's one of my favourites. The the mum's that genre of mystery, which is so rarely a real mystery. No, but this is a real mystery. Who could have sent these two letters in Braille? And what could they say? And why would you ask an internet forum if they can read Braille? Isn't touch yeah, well, quite important to reading Braille? Posting a shoddy photograph of Braille. Yeah, that's not going to make it easy to read. No. I'm sure it could be done, but my understanding is it's done via touch. Yeah. That's how you learn, even if you're sighted. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, because what would be the point if you were sighted of learning Braille visually? Because <laughs> if you lost your sight, you wouldn't. You'd have to remember how to put it all together. No. Also, just a, a an aside from me, a very very small proportion of blind people actually use Braille, and it's this real. Um, misunderstanding that like all blind people can read braille that's why i also think if they've said somewhere that they're blind i don't think that necessarily explains why they'd have braille because i think a lot of places would try to send you like something you could use with a screen reader or an audio thing yeah so i think they're quite specifically put down that they use braille (laughs) so what or alternatively it's spies who sent blind spies who sent this braille missive to the wrong address. The wrong or name on it. Spies who have all learned Braille so that they don't have to write down their secret communications and sent it to the wrong address. But they've addressed it to this person and their DH. They must have addressed it wrong. Careless spies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the name Blind and address guess. match. <laughs> hmm. It's mysterious. It is mysterious. Maybe it's a treasure hunt. Maybe it's blind people encouraging these sighted people to join them in some kind of blind Shangri-La. Well, that would be interesting. A secret club for blind people. Wow. The only way to get in is to read these Braille letters. I wonder why there's a copy for each of them. I assume that they have the same message on them, but yeah. Well, we don't know. Maybe it's different instructions. Oh, no. Mm. Do you think it's all a ploy to divide and conquer with this couple? Get them on the back foot, spook them. They'll be like, why are we getting stuff in Braille? By the time that they find out what the things say and they realise that they're different, they'll just be so confused that they'll follow the instructions. I think you've cracked this wide open. Um, I think it's a conspiracy of blind people getting together, some kind of secret society, eyes wide shut style, coming together, so to speak, to... um, (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say. To uh, divide this couple, to break them apart through the mystery of the Braille letters. And... I think, you remember last episode when we were talking about the couple on the cruise who didn't seem to be getting along? <gasps> I think they got two braille letters that said, go on this cruise, they've gone on the cruise, and there's nothing there. There's nothing on the cruise? Yeah, it was a ploy. They to get break to the them cru- up. It's just an empty ship with all of the instructions <laughs> in braille. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from that other family who yeah. were trying to interfere. Yeah. Refer back to the previous episode for this. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, let's go back up to see what, what this person's on about. Right, so, a letter through the door this a.m. Like, they're really looking for some sort of intrigue here. Just yeah. say morning. This is what's made me think it's a spy thing. Address- 9.01 a.m. Post through the door. Mysterious Braille. Addressed to D.H. and I with two copies of a letter inside, all in Braille. Neither D.H. or I are blind, or know anyone blind. I don't know why they think knowing someone blind would make a difference. I don't know. I just... That seems like a strange thing to include. Yeah, a blind person would not send a sighted person a letter in Braille. Yeah, that's that's not like they necessarily write in Braille. It must be extremely difficult to prepare a letter in Braille as well, because you'd need paper that you could put the punch marks on and... Yeah, that's why I'm leaning towards global conspiracy, because they need the resource. Illuminati confirmed. Blind Illuminati. Yeah. Balluminati. <laughs> Balluminati. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's something better here. Because Illuminati has Illuminate, and blind people don't need rooms illuminated. <laughs> so, 
There's there's a good joke here. Yeah. Assemble it yourselves, folks. Illumin nope. Eh? <laughs> hmm. Not it. That's not it, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> the return address is a PO box. That is quite weird. Yeah. I think. Do you think I think there is something going on here. Do you think they've looked up the PO box? Because I think that would be the first I'd thing I would at, yeah. do. It's like when a weird number calls you and you Google the number. You reverse image search the number. I should reverse image search the Braille. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's mysterious. I think this is legit mysterious. And I do not think they're being unreasonable. Uncharacteristically, for Mumsnet, normally when there's a mystery, people are all over it. People love a Mumsnet mystery. You know how there's so much Mumsnet sleuthing that I enjoy so much. But this one, no, rubbish. Absolute nonsense. What? No one cares? No. Even I think this is a conspiracy. Yeah, I think this is a brilliant one. But the response is, so someone said, sounds like you've wrongly marked down that you're visually impaired and need info from them in Braille. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know who it's from. Yeah, that's the boring answer. Also, I think that most companies would still have their own franking thing so even if what was inside it was in braille if it was coming from a business address the franking would say the name of the company on the envelope sure um in braille no because you can't <laughs> frank in braille can you <laughs> um, if you sent an envelope with the address written in braille the post office would not deliver it right i as a tall order yeah yeah that would be my guess but i don't know um, and then someone else has said, picture attached, I can't see a pic. How ironic. Hmm. Should we leave it there? Yeah. <laughs> I will keep an eye on this one to see if anyone ever comes back and explains what the heck was going on. Yeah, please do. Please do. I think this is a season-long arc for the You Are Being Unreasonable podcast. Do we have seasons? <laughs> between <laughs> between the crews, this one, this is, this is the arc. How to make a podcast even more impenetrable. Arcs. And continuity. I absolutely cannot stand podcasts that have got arcs and continuity because occasionally you will miss one. Then I'll be like, ah, nothing ever will make sense again because you missed episode 43. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow this is the joke that everything else has been built on. We had 42 episodes first. Then at 43, that was when we really started to lay the foundation stones. <laughs> ah! Am I being unreasonable? Dentist in Tesco tackled me. <laughs> Shopping with three-year-old yesterday. Stopped by the raisins. <laughs> Old woman came up to me and said, Excuse me, but don't buy them. They are terribly bad for teeth. I must have looked incredulous because her husband stepped in to say she was a dentist. Am I being unreasonable to think, Go away and let me shop in peace. I'm a sensible grown adult who can make choices. Okay. Here we go. Another patented you are being a reasonable roleplay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be stopped by raisins or dentist? I want to be... Uh, or three-year-old or husband. We'll have well, to play yeah, two parts each. Yeah, we're going to have to play multiple parts. Um, so stopped by raisins and husband has to be played by the same person and three-year-old yeah. and dentist. Yeah, I'll be stopped by... No, I'll be dentist. So you're being dentist and three-year-old yeah. and I'm being stopped by raisins. Yeah. Okay. Come along, Liberty. Let's just stop here. Buy the raisins. Excuse me. Please don't buy them. They are terribly bad for teeth. <gasps> Hello. She's a dentist. Good day. I want raisins! <laughs> and scene. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. I thought it was just unnecessary detail at first. 
when the person was talking about how she stopped by the raisins. No, not... That, that section <laughs> that every supermarket has of raisins. Yeah. Raisins in aisle 15 and yeah. 16. You know, the raisin aisle. The raisin bit. The raisin section. Yeah. Um, the Sultana section is a bit further down. But... <laughs> But it's not. It's important. It's key information. They're bad for teeth. Whether they're bad for teeth or not, it's not the issue here. Surely the issue here is that this dentist needs to shut up. This dentist needs to know when to clock off. Yeah, like what the hell? Unless they are a dentist working for the supermarket. Why would the supermarket stock something <laughs> and then, as well as the the costs of having them shipped in and the costs of keeping them there and the shelf space. And a lot the, of shelf space for reasons. Yeah, the aisle the space, section. the whole aisle. Yeah. And all of the other things that go with that, why would they then also have the associated cost of the dentist to pop up and say, no, <laughs> <laughs> you mustn't. Those are bad for teeth. If, I mean, yeah. If the dentist wants to do this, surely there's better places in the supermarket than the raisin aisle. Like, maybe go in the Chubba Chubbs aisle. Because Chubba Chubbs are bad for teeth. But maybe the dentist thinks that people don't know that raisins are bad for teeth. I don't know that raisins are bad for teeth. All dried fruit is extremely high in sugar and quite sticky, which is a shame for teeth. (laughs) A shame. Bad news if you're a tooth today. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad news for teeth. As it turns out that dried fruit is quite sticky. No, it's dried fruit. <laughs> if you're a tooth, look out on the M25 today. <laughs> a lot of raisins as they were turned and jackknifed. You don't want to get stopped by the raisins. <laughs> yeah. I got a mysterious letter covered in raisins. Is it she bad for my teeth? <laughs> she that's what the letter said. The letter was... Don't eat the raisins. <laughs> but it's in Braille. <laughs> blind people might not know that raisins are bad for teeth. <laughs> yeah. I'm a sighted person and I didn't know that raisins are bad for teeth, so it takes all sorts. Yeah, so dried, dried fruit is in theory quite bad for your teeth because of the higher sugar content per 100 grams and, um, and the stickiness. But, you know, if you take care of your teeth, I'm sure that having some raisins won't do you any harm. I used to have a little box of those little sun-made raisins every single day for, like, the whole of infant school. Oh, yeah, me too. And none of my milk teeth ever needed filling or anything, despite me just gnawing on raisins like they were going out of fashion. <laughs> so Raisins will never go out of fashion. That's why there's aisles full in the supermarket. <laughs> Don't you worry about that, little lady. It's also the white knight in husband coming along just to boast about his old woman wife's Dental credentials. <laughs> it's okay. She's gone to dental school. Do you think that she's still a dentist, or do you think that she's a retired dentist? Cause I don't know. It says old woman. I've never had an old woman dentist. Me neither. It's very impressive that she got to become a dentist back in the day when there was probably less gender equality. Yeah. This is a movie waiting to happen. Yeah. The, and the big moment at the end that's like the breakthrough, feel-good, uplifting moment is her stopping a woman by the raisins and saying, <laughs> No! <laughs> And then the credits well, roll, and everyone no, weeps. No, and then over a black screen, it says what happened next. The woman did not buy the raisins. Well, no. Maybe. I'm not saying that's the denouement. I more for graduating from dental school. Might be uh, like Aaron Brockovich or Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Legally Raisins. Oh, shall we hear from the thread? 
You are not being unreasonable. I probably would have bundled the whole shelf of raisins into the trolley while glaring at her. Don't do that. That's cutting off your nose to spite your face. Then you've just got a trolley full of raisins. Yeah, that's too many raisins. It really is. And they are bad for teeth. Like, however we think about this woman's behaviour, she is a dentist and therefore is to be respected. And is correct about the effect of raisins on teeth. Especially children's teeth. I expect she has dementia, you know, because she's old. Old women, unless... (laughs) Let me finish the... (laughs) Old women and their still-employed husbands quite often accost mothers to warn them about the dangers of raisins. How do you... You can't speculate that this old woman has dementia. How do you know her husband's still employed? How do you... What? common on mums there that if an older woman does something unreasonable people are like probably the early stages of dementia dementia makes people act very unreasonably like this oh i don't know it does come up a lot do Um, you think this woman was a dentist because if you you are my wife and if you'd gone up to someone in the supermarket to say they shouldn't be eating raisins yeah and the conversation looked like it was breaking bad i might come up and make up a lie about you being a dentist yeah, to try and get me off the hook. Yeah. She's a dentist, don't worry, she's a dentist. It's fine, she's a dentist, and then I bundle you away. Oh, if you did that to someone, if you were saying, oh, don't have raisins, I'd turn up and I'd be like, he's got dementia, he's old. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently that's a thing. Ageism clearly rife on here again. Just lots of people are very upset that she mentions that the dentist was old. It's all got a bit weird, really, hasn't it? It's a mixture of people saying, you're being ageist, and other people saying, I would have put every raisin in my basket. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be much of a middle ground. I would put every raisin in my mouth. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. That's me with a mouthful of raisins. I think you could get more raisins than you have teeth in your mouth. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Easily. A raisin is smaller than a tooth. <laughs> That's why they're so bad. They get in between them. <laughs> and also the capacity of your mouth. Anyway, final thread. Am I being unreasonable not to get my baby anything for Christmas this year? Hmm. So I'm due December 1st and I'm debating whether or not to get my newborn baby some presents for Christmas this year. The youngest he or she would possibly be is two weeks old, roughly. I'm telling myself that I should save the money and baby will have all sorts of new things and gifts from the baby shower. But one half of me is saying, buy a personalised dressing gown or my first Christmas gifts. It is baby's first Christmas and obviously I'll never be able to buy anything with first Christmas on it again. And I don't want to miss out on the magic, albeit baby won't know what's going on. And I don't want my little one to miss out. I was thinking of getting the following. Personalised dressing gown... My first Christmas Eve box. Soft toy, pyjamas. That's where I've got to. What do you think? Before we get into a discussion on this, there's a couple of points I want to make. The first is that this was posted on Saturday the 15th of June 2019, about Christmas. The second is that I am not judging this person for wanting to do all of the stuff that is special for them, and I think I understand the logic behind if you're a Christmas person, you want to have the baby's first Christmas thing. That I totally get. But it's the fact that it's June, and also it's personalised dressing gown. <laughs> yeah, I was I was pretty much on the side of, it. It's you're having your baby in December, you're going to be busy looking after a newborn. Don't, I wouldn't bother with the baby stuff this year. Just chill out. Until they said, 
they wanted to get a personalised dressing gown <laughs> for a baby. And yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Get that. Get it embossed with her initials. Oh, yeah. It's a red velvet dressing gown. And it's tiny. And it's for a baby. And it's perfect. And you have that baby wear that dressing gown all the time. I want the baby to have a monogrammed smoking jacket. That's what we're imagining. <laughs> Absolutely get the baby a dressing gown. The OP mentions the personalised dressing gown twice. Yeah. I am so here for the personalised dressing gown. Absolutely. Having a newborn baby sounds really tough, and I think you've got to do anything that makes you feel happiest and most comfortable. And if you're into the magic of Christmas, go for it. But please, please, whatever you do, make sure they get the personalised dressing gown. Holy shit hells. If you search for baby dressing gown, it's it's a thing. And you can get personalised dressing gowns for babies in fleece gray fleece blue fleece dinosaur dinosaurs unicorns gingham (laughs) you can get your baby i mean a lot of these don't look like babies so this one looks like she's like four child Yeah. yeah but there are a lot of babies in these dressing gowns and you need to buy your baby a dressing gown a personalized dressing gown when we did um Christmas time, we did a live show, and one of the threads there was about someone who did not like their small relative, as they kept describing them. So they bought them a dressing gown for Christmas to spite them. <laughs> and this is just like the the flip side of that. Like this is a dressing gown as a real joyous yeah. and beautiful thing. And now that I've seen pictures of very small babies in dressing gowns, I know what our niece is getting for her first Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah, it's I... a monogram smoking jacket. <laughs> <laughs> That that's the problem with the dressing gowns on this on this site. I found none of them are high class enough, and none of them look like smoking jackets. <laughs> They're not sophisticated enough. I want the baby to look like Hugh Hefner. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, should you get your baby a first Christmas present when they're not even a month old at Christmas time? Probably not. Don't worry about it. I think do what you want to do though. If you want to get them one, then yeah, absolutely, you it, it's your baby. Uh, if you don't, baby's not going to know. Who cares? Sure. But if you can get a personalised dressing gown for a baby, always get a personalised dressing gown for a baby. Absolutely. Especially a one-month-old, because that's going to be a tiny wee dressing gown. Yeah. It's going to be a, such a small dressing gown. <laughs> and later, you can put it on your ditzy dog. Yes. And that'll look good, too. Just make sure your dog and the baby have the same initials. <laughs> that's their monogram. <laughs> Or, oh, better yet, have the monogram, but then also, like, somewhere on the inside, maybe, have the baby's full name with titles and everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like those hoodies from that Fred months ago. <laughs> the safeguarding issue hoodies. Yeah. Now I'm picturing, like, <laughs> uh, Master Joe Baby Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> you know, babies don't have the last name Baby. It's, it's, not like, it's not like Jon Snow, where he gets a bastard surname. <laughs> and the bastard surname is just Baby. <laughs> I think, look, personalised dressing gowns are a good idea for people of any age. Yes. Get a personalised dressing gown that says on the front, calm down, and then on the back, my wife's a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Keep calm and reflect on dentistry. <laughs> Very niche joke there. 
Keep calm. He's a good duck. <laughs> Keep calm. Don't eat raisins. <laughs> Keep calm. She was just some bigoted woman. <laughs> Keep calm. And then the back is just in Braille and no one knows what it says. That's the best one. Um, let's get back to the thread. Babies don't really need dressing gowns. What? Why not get a bit of art or something? Oh, yeah, because a baby yeah, needs that's art. Better. Because a baby wants a fucking Tracy Emin. baby that wears a monogrammed dressing gown is probably a baby that will want to start an art collection early. And that's why they're saying get the baby some art, because they're like, well, they need to start their collection. It's an investment piece. Yeah, but what they fail to understand is that printed art and portraiture is dead. And multimedia art is the future. <laughs> so what sort of art would you propose getting a newborn baby? A podcast. Podcast can be art. I would refer to this episode as an example. <laughs> I can only imagine that there are podcasts out there for newborn babies, like soothing baby podcasts. And if there aren't, someone should start one. Yeah. I mean, we started one like 47 episodes ago, didn't we? Isn't this for babies? That's for babies. <laughs> podcast for babies. It's very babyish. No, it's not for no, babies. It's not. It's not for we babies. We do a lot of swearing and a lot of political commentary. Political commentary is for babies. I just don't know that we're pitching it at an accessible level. We don't want to alienate them from any of this. They need to come in at a baby level. I mean, they won't know who Gillian Duffy is in common with 90% of our audience. You know, when people are like, oh my god, can you believe that 18 year olds today were born after X event. I look forward to the day we can be like, oh my God, can you believe that today's 18-year-olds were born after Gillian Duffy said everything? (laughs) (laughs) That's when I'll know that I'm old. One day. We'll get there. Just get the baby a box of raisins. A big box of sun-made raisins. And before you say it's bad for teeth, I'll remind you that babies don't have teeth. (laughs) Checkmate. (laughs) Lots of people on the thread saying, why not get a personalised bauble? Because the person wants to get a dressing gown. Yeah, because a personalised dressing gown is better than a personalised bauble. Let's think about babies and Christmas and go back to the root of things. The first baby to celebrate a Christmas was the baby Jesus. And what did he get? Gold, frankincense and myrrh. So the standard is, yeah, you get a baby Christmas present. But Mary didn't get those things. Oh, that's true. They weren't from Mary. No. They were from three wise men. Like I said, three strangers who rocked yeah. up on the day. <laughs> <laughs> but in this day and age, you'd get three mum's letters turning up with a personalised bauble, a personalised bauble, and a sense that Christmas is all terribly overdone and we've lost sight of the meaning of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... And then people saying, oh, you'll just put it in a box and forget about it. But I thought kind of the thing with babies is you do keep a box of stuff that really you'll forget about, but it's very special and important at the time. Yeah, and one day you'll it's get it It's the process of putting it in that box that feels important, probably. It's a ritual to that. It's not about thinking that every day you'll go to the box and look at the bauble and smile. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. I don't know. I think people and mums that are a bit joyless about Christmas at the best of times, but the 15th of June was never going to go down well. No. Am I being unreasonable? To expect DH to communicate when he is golfing. Another weekend ruined. <laughs> I mean, he needs to communicate with his caddy. Is that what we talk? Is this from the caddy? Well, no, because... It's the wife the caddy. Well, that sounds like you a need to difficult relationship anyway. <laughs> 
Am I being unreasonable? Teacher presents, end of term. Teacher presents? Like gifts? Yes. Personalised dressing gown. Personalised personalized smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, am I being unreasonable? Blood donation. Uh, no. You should donate blood, in all seriousness. If you can. Some people are excluded. Yeah. Um, and am I being unreasonable? Car leasing. A query for the clever people residing in my computer. Wow, they've really not understood how computers on Mum's networks. No. It's not little people in your computer. No. That's... no. If the people need... on this board were living in my computer, I, I mean, that would be a virus. <laughs> yeah, we'd destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> Hurling but it out of the window no, and screaming. You have more fundamental things to understand before you tackle car leasing. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Let's wrap it up there, shall we? Yeah, what a week. What, what a week for Mum's Net. Don't forget that we've got a live show coming up at the Chapel Playhouse as part of the Camden Fringe. Thursday the 15th of August at 8.30pm at the Chapel Playhouse on Grey's Inn Road. It's part of the Camden Fringe. All the details will be in the info that comes with this episode and on our Twitter. And on the Camden Fringe website. And on the Camden Fringe website. Yep. Please do come along. Um, we will do some sort of raffle probably because that sort of thing makes me laugh. Um Maybe there'll be a mysterious Braille item. I'll see what I can find lying about at work. <laughs> By a mysterious Braille item, I mean it'll be the menu from Honest Burger. <laughs> and there'll probably be a and hoodie think, that's a safeguarding issue. Well, I think it's pretty clear what the audience gifts will be from this episode. Every person will get a box of raisins. No! <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye! Bye. And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think of how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now Right now, right now